With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips and with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to enjoy better banking where and when you want. Features include bill pay, money transfer, budgeting, early payday program, and much more. Check us out today at NotreDameFCU.com to learn more. Insured by NCUA. Time now for our Focus on Faith interview. Mike Brown was Notre Dame Leprechaun in 1999 and 2000. He was the first black leprechaun ever at Notre Dame. Now works on campus and has started writing children's books, including Little Netta's Gift and The Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame. It's a beautiful uh, The Leprechaun book I love in particular because it's just the illustrations are incredible. He's also a great man of faith who has battled seizures over the last year or so. And how his faith has helped him overcome that is really powerful stuff. Here's Focus on Faith with former Irish leprechaun, Mike Brown. Thanks, first of all, for, for being with us and joining us. We're excited to talk to you. Obviously, you got two awesome books that you've published here in the last couple of years. Just tell us why, first yeah. of all, you decided to, to publish two children's books. Sure. So first, th- thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here and appreciate the opportunity to, to join you on the show uh, what happened really is in 2020, uh, I, I went on a, a personal journey of discovery. Uh, there were a lot of things happening in 2020 mm-hmm. with the global health pandemic. A lot of social injustice issues were, were more featured and highlighted. Uh, and just there's a lot of political divide in our country. A lot more hate was exposed you know, between us as human beings. And so what I did was I went inside and said, what can I do? to help? Uh, what can I do in, in using my gifts to make a difference in the world? I knew I was doing things already, but I kind of just went deeper into myself. I listed out what my gifts are, tried to really discern what those were, listed out what my passions were, listed out what my, my purpose is on this planet. And so what I came to ultimately realize is I'm an invigorating force for good. And so what I did was I then took that and said, well, how can I manifest that? And it was in September of, of 2020 that uh, my, my grandmother was honored uh, with a, a highway uh, dedicated in her memory in Milwaukee. Uh, it was during the pandemic. So when they did a dedication for it, uh, I wasn't able to be there for it. But when that dedication took place, I thought about my grandmother and all the things she did to have an impact in her community. Um, the story uh, of little Netta, uh, the first book I had is about my grandmother's granddaughter and also my cousin. And the story of her giving her gifts to other kids uh, was a story that just really started to resonate with me. And I thought it was one that needed to be shared with the world because at the time, again, I was thinking about what, I, what can I do? And what I could do is share messages of love, messages of, of joy, of peace. And in this case, it was a message of, of really compassion and being kind to other people. Yeah, Little li, little Netta's Gift was your first book. Yep. And then, obviously, The Leprechaun's Game Day in Notre Dame we'll talk about in yep. a second. But <laughs> your cousin, as you mentioned, True Story, and her birthday was what? Two, is two days after Christmas? Two days after Christmas, so and December so, 27. So, so, obviously, she has a party. Yep. <laughs> and her friends come over. Yep. And she realizes they didn't get gifts for Christmas. Right. So, right. she decides to... Start handing out handing her- out her own gifts. Yes, because wow. she got two sets of gifts, and this was at six years old. So this is her sixth birthday party, and uh, I just think about even today, right? I'm 43 now, <laughs> and I don't know if I would give away my gifts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we think about adults, and even you know, it's it's something that was 
a, a true act of, of kindness and something that came from the heart. And it just showed the kind of spirit uh, she had at age six. Uh, yeah. It was a pretty powerful uh, statement and just um, thing that she did at that time, especially at that age. And so, yeah, that, that's the story that, that, that really set the, set the tone and laid the foundation for the work I'm trying to do uh, in, in, in sharing these stories. And so, yeah, Little Ned's Gift was the first first book. And, and then the Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame. Obviously, yeah. this one's pretty obvious. You know, you're, <laughs> you're a former Notre Dame Leprechaun, the first black Leprechaun, and just scanning through the picture, <laughs> through the book, and I know my, my daughter, I can't wait to read it to her because she's going to, like, love the images in this book. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm sure your words are great, too, and she's going to love <laughs> yeah. them, Mike. But the images in here are are fabulous. Tell us how this... This one came together. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, I'll definitely tell the illustrator. Her name is Marin uh, Ardeguin. She's actually class of 2003 uh, from, from Notre Dame, lived in Farley Hall. So shout out to Farley. Nonetheless, <laughs> so Marin uh, was the illustrator, and she just you know did a phenomenal job. But how it all came to be is while I was actually writing uh, Little Netta's Gift, I needed an editor uh, for that book. I typed and I can't you can't make this stuff up. I typed editor into LinkedIn <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the first person that came up was uh, a lady, a woman named Cara Crin. Cara Crin is the co-author now of the Leprechaun's Game Day in Notre Dame. It was uh, her. She is the one that came up with the idea of the book. She and I were teammates on the cheer squad uh, back uh, during my senior year. She was a freshman. And so we were on the cheer squad together. So that's how I already knew her. And so she and I collaborated on the Leprechaun's Game Day. We needed an illustrator. She reached out to another Farley Hall. She lived in Farley, another Farley Hall classmate. That classmate then put us in contact with Marin, uh, who ultimately uh, did the book. So it was it was wild. It was you talk about <laughs> just things that were meant to be. I mean, so these things, uh, the things that have happened over the last two years, uh, it, it's just that it was already written. I, I, I say it's already written because. Uh, they, there are things that I couldn't have, I wouldn't have imagined, right? Two and a half years ago, if you think about it, none of these things were even in sure. my head. <laughs> and so you look at where, 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 where things are today. Uh, it's, it's, um, you know, I know we're on <laughs> Redeemer Radio, but it, it's, it's, it's God, right? It's God being in the mix and, and just letting them use us to do things that we're called and put on this earth to do. Um, I, I had never written a children's book in my life. <laughs> I never even had a, had a had a had a goal or any kind of vision to do so, and so. But then it just poured out of me. But, all while but, being a all, <laughs> husband, father, and actually having a full time job. Full time job. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love university relations. Love, love you, Lunaya. <laughs> former Notre Dame leprechaun Mike Brown joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. He's a new author of Little Netta's Gift and the Leprechaun Game Day at Notre Dame. And, of course, the first uh, black leprechaun at Notre Dame. Mike, let's go back to those days when, when you first became leprechaun. Uh, this wasn't destined to be. No. I mean, you didn't even know where Notre Dame was. No. Not that long before you showed up at Notre Dame. I did not. Uh, summer of 1996, uh, I, was, I was a rising senior uh, in, in high school, and uh, a guy who's the class of 83 from Notre Dame, I met him. During the summer job that I had, and he asked where I was going to school. I told him I was probably like you going to go to Marquette, which is right in Milwaukee, my hometown, another great school. And he said, well, "What about Notre Dame?" And I was like, "Oh, is that out east? Is that in Boston or something?" <laughs> I mean, I knew about Notre Dame, right? I followed uh, Indy in terms of from, from an athletics perspective, and I always called it what we I used to say uh, a name brand school. So it had a strong brand. 
it was like this prestigious place. And so I never thought I would actually go there. <laughs> and so, uh, but Mike, this guy, Mike Peterson, class of, of 83, he's the one that, that followed me and made sure I applied, made sure I got everything in on time. And then uh, when it came to deciding to go to ND or not, uh, I had an option of going to Marquette on a full scholarship or coming to Notre Dame on a partial scholarship, I would say. And I called my pastor at my church because uh, I had these two great schools that were now right in front of me. And he said, go with your heart. And uh, I said, you know, my heart's with Notre Dame. I didn't really know why, uh, but that's where. So that's the choice I made to come to ND. And so, yeah, so to go from there <laughs> and then my first I, I didn't even visit Notre Dame before I um, actually accepted the invitation to come here. And to go from that point, not knowing a single student on campus, not knowing anyone before I come here, to then, you know, diving straight into the full Notre Dame, what I call Notre Dame experience. I got involved with different clubs on campus, started a new club, uh, was just active in the community. So there's a lot of different things that I did when I just, I just really tried to embrace the entire Notre Dame experience. And then <laughs> my sophomore year, uh, it was the fall of my sophomore year. I never forget it. There was a game, a football game. My roommates, you know, we're going crazy in the stands. My roommates like Mike, you should try out for Leprechaun. And then the Leprechaun was running around, going crazy on the field. I'm like, ah, I don't know, or whatever. And so, um, yeah, they they're the ones who planted the seed and, and ultimately convinced me to try out. Another twist to to that, I'll just tell you, um, is I actually was applying to go study abroad in London. And I submitted that application in that same fall. And I would have studied abroad in London in the following uh, fall of, of, of 99. And I did not get into that program, right? I wasn't accepted into that program. And it's because of not getting into that program that I then tried out for Leprechaun. So I think about what would have happened in February. I got that notice in February of 99 that I didn't get into the London program. And it's because of that letter that I tried out a couple months later to become the leprechaun and and I won and my life <laughs> hasn't been the same ever since so I thank God every day <laughs> for that London letter I keep a lot of times when things don't go according to my own plans and what I intend for uh, something to happen I apply for something and don't get it or I intend to go someplace and don't get to go I'm like you know what it's my London it's a London letter and so maybe this door was closed but there's something else that's that's maybe around the corner that I don't even know of and so that's what happened there. <laughs> so what was it like not being just a leprechaun, but also breaking that bear? You're the first black leprechaun. Uh, you know, now it's been more than 20 years since I'm trying not to make you feel old, but uh, it's been more than 20 years. What was your experience like? <laughs> I say it was a couple of years ago. <laughs> I say a couple of decades, but a couple of years. So it was a wonderful experience. I think I think what really helped make the experience great for me is I never lost focus on on who I am. Right. I, try, I really focused on tra staying true to me. I wasn't trying to be uh, I'm not Irish. <laughs> I, I, I'm not you know, I'm not I, I'm a human being. Right. I'm not uh, I wasn't trying. To, I couldn't. I'm not a gymnast. OK, there were certain I just couldn't do. But I knew I had a lot of energy. I had a lot of spirit. I had a lot of passion. And so I, I focused on that. I just focused on being a great ambassador for the university. Now, with that, I also focused on my own cultural experiences. Right. So I grew up in, in going to church often and we sang and we danced, like, you know, in, in the church. And so those are things that I did <laughs> as, as the leprechaun. Right. So these are different aspects of the position that I that they were an extension of me. And so I just kind of brought it into into that 
into the position itself. So as an example, I started up a step club here, uh, the first class steppers Notre Dame back in, back in the day. And I had the first class steppers perform with me at the pep rally uh, when we played against BC in my last home game of the year. So that was kind of a convergence of a lot of different worlds of mine, right? So it was a lot of my friends who weren't student athletes uh, that were part of the steppers group. And then now here I am as a leprechaun stepping in front of people. They've never seen this before. A lot of them haven't had it. And so, but that was kind of an example of just staying true to who I am uh, and, and, but, and bringing something unique and different to the, to the position itself and just having fun, <laughs> having fun with it too. You're listening to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our special guest today, former Notre Dame leprechaun, Mike Brown. You mentioned your faith a lot already in this conversation. How did your faith, how big was your faith growing up? How important was it to you? And maybe how did it grow at Notre Dame? You're not Catholic, but you're Christian, but you go to a faith-based institution. How how did that your journey kind of grow throughout your life, including your time when you were a student at Notre Dame? When it comes to, I guess, I don't know if it's irony or what, but I look at children's books, and, and I'm writing them now, but a lot of my faith was developed when I was a child, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we went to church <laughs> back in Milwaukee. We're talking five, six days a week. I know some people go once a, once a week for an hour. Well, that was the, the start of our Sunday morning service uh, in the church that I grew up in. We would go twice on Sundays. We'd do a Tuesday night service, Thursday night Bible study. I was an usher, so we would have usher meetings. I would go. To, I was in the choir, so we had choir rehearsal. So a lot of the things, uh, a, lot, a lot of my faith uh, was built on those experiences and being part of that uh, that church community growing up. And so that's kind of that's what laid the foundation really for the rest of my life. If you really think about it, there's things right now where I'm faced with different decisions. But I I reference I refer back to something that my pastor may have said when I came to Notre Dame. Then this is where I was just exposed to more types of faith. Right. So you think about Catholicism. There were a number of other people who they don't have a particular religion uh, that they focus on. But uh, but just being around people of different faith backgrounds engaging with them, learning about their traditions, learning about their experiences. But at the end of the day, what you find out is, look, you love people, you care for people, you treat people right. You know what I mean? You, you do, uh, again, what, what what's people can argue what's right and, and just be a good person <laughs> as best you can. And that's kind of that's what the focus was. So from that perspective, it just opened my eyes to the different types of faiths that are out there. Um, but I still stayed, you know, with with my own practices in terms of sure uh being of a protestant protestant background and, you know and then not that long ago a year ago you you have some major health scares so you yeah. go through a, a number of seizures yeah. and you kind of were telling me before we started the interview that you know what got you through it yeah what w- was your faith a, a thousand percent so august 26 is a date uh, of 2021 a date i'll never forget uh, at this time uh we were so from my, my job at Notre Dame, we were just about to kick off the football season, which is a busy time of year for us uh, who work in development at Notre Dame. I was in the middle of trying to finish up Little Netta's Gift. Uh, we were literally trying to get the book to the printing press so they could be ready by December. I was in the middle of working on the Leprechaun's Game Day book, which was still being developed. And, you know, like you say, trying to be a husband <laughs> and, a, and a father. And so on August 26th, though, I had my first ever seizure. And I thought it was a fluke initially. I was like, okay, doctors say, oh, everyone's good for one. Uh, but then I had another one on September 18th. And then that's when I realized something was, was really wrong. I was diagnosed with epilepsy. 
And while it was very difficult to not be able to drive, have something happen to you that you don't know what actually caused it, why it happened. Uh, and as you're still trying to continue to live your life, right, with the uncertainty of is this going to happen again today, tonight, tomorrow, in, in a week? Am I going to have another seizure in a week, right, if I'm in a meeting? And so, but my faith kept me so grounded, so focused on, you know what, it's going to be okay. I'm going to make it through it. There's some kind of underlying message or something that's that's in this, and, and God's going to take care of me no matter what. Um, when I had my first seizure, I was about to take my daughter to soccer, to her soccer practice. I was going to drive her to that soccer practice. And uh, she had to go potty. <laughs> so thank God she had to go potty because when she went, I sat on the couch, and that's when I had the seizure. And mm -hmm. so when I think about that, I think about the fact that God protected us and protected my, my family in that I could have been in that car and had a seizure at that time. Who knows what could have happened to me, my daughter, my wife, and anyone else that we may have something may have happened. And so I think about that moment, and that's kind of really one of the things that kept me going, right, throughout the entire journey. Because I've had eight, nine more seizures since then, and they've ah. all, but I've, but I've been protected, right? I've had this protection around me each and every time. And while it's definitely frustrating, I mean, trust me, man, <laughs> I'm still a little on edge, right, every day yeah. about it because you just don't know when it's going to happen. But I try to just rest in the assurance that I'm, I'm in God's care. He's protecting me. He's watching over me. And, hey, <laughs> there, there's nothing that, that can really harm me. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's people listening can't see my eyes but you know and you had already told me the story but just wa watching you tell me the story and just knowing that that you know that feeling that protection of god making sure that you and your daughter were kept safe yeah man that's power powerful stuff man it's real <laughs> it's it, real it, it is it is yeah. real and uh man thanks for sharing that story that's that's some powerful stuff how how are you doing now I feel, I'm great now. So I'm six months uh, seizure free now. So thank God. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, uh, we, my wife and I decided that I would wait six months. Uh, I wanted to be six months seizure free before I drove a car again. And so I thankfully drove over here <laughs> today. So I'm thankful to be driving again. But yeah, so, uh, you know, the journey continues. I'm not taking anything for granted. Uh, I'm still looking at some of the lessons that, that I've, I've learned from not driving for over a year, which is you think about it it's pretty wild <laughs> uh, you think of all the people who i can't who manage it it's yeah. it's uh well you really you you come to realize that y you need others on this journey that i think god works through uh to help you on the journey and that you need them uh so it's like yeah anyhow that was <laughs> sounds like we so got it sounds like we got a third book Eventually. Oh yeah! Oh, we got seventy-eight books. Oh, seven. Oh yeah, the list is seventy-eight. Oh, it's oh, it's man. going. Yeah, well, all right. I'll be we back. Don't, we don't. We, don't, we got a lot of books. To yeah, we got a lot of books. Mike, thanks, thanks so much for taking the time to share your story with us. You know, maybe after book seventy-seven comes out, we'll we'll have to do this again. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for the work you were doing. The great Mike Brown, former Notre Dame Leprechaun, joining us here, and you, you feel the energy in that interview, and we'll continue to pray for Mike that uh, those seizures are under control and that he doesn't have any, many, but as I said, I mean, even just listening back again, and I've listened to it when it was edited and everything like that, that story about, you know, just what could have been, and, and God making sure the family was protected and him and his daughter were safe because she just had to go to the bathroom. And it allowed him to have the seizure on a couch instead of in the car. Uh, really impacts me as a dad, uh, uh, you know, as a girl dad especially.
Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's a great story and a great perspective he puts on not just that and how he's kind of feels like he's being watched over and, and it's, you know, he's protected. But his whole experience there, listening through that, I mean, he embraced, he talks about how he embraced his time at Notre Dame. He made it his own, which, you know, is really special, starting his own clubs, bringing it all together as the leprechaun and, and kind of embracing that school spirit at Notre Dame and, and kind of his whole mentality and perspective going through that and then going forward through life and now the challenges he's facing, but still writing these great children's books. Uh, it just uh, very impressive. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about Le- Leprechaun's game day at Notre Dame. My my daughter got a quick peek at it, and I, her quick reaction was, ooh, <laughs> like looking at the illustrations. Now, we haven't read it. It'll be probably the bedtime story. Maybe not tonight because they're playing Syracuse. It, it depends on who wins yeah, tonight. How about that? Uh, it might not even depend on – well, yeah, maybe maybe if Syracuse wins, uh, oh. she'll, get the, she'll get the story after all to make her feel better about Notre Dame. I don't know. If Notre Dame wins, I don't think I could handle reading the story for <laughs> Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes for a new episode of Truth in Charity every Wednesday during the noon hour. Each week, he has a conversation with host Kyle Hyman about scripture, saints, and church news. Listen to episodes anytime by going to spokestreet.com slash askbishop or search for Truth in Charity on any podcast app. Truth in Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.